Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Military families are not like your traditional family. They are strong, brave, resilient, and some of the most incredible people I know. My name is Gracie, a U.S. Army brat, and I am your host. I am honored to be able to give military family members like myself a place for them to share their stories and experiences in the military life. Stay tuned for this week's guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Today, I'm here with Lindsay. So, Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for being on. I'm super excited to get to talk about so many different things today. Um, But start by telling me what it's like being a military family member. Yeah. Um, So my husband's been active duty. He's been enlisted for... I think it's been about 10 or so years. And then he transitioned to the officer side. Um, so we've kind of had both aspects of it. So it's been about 13 or so years. Um, yeah. We've kind of lost track after after that point. <laughs> um, but we've been married for 12 years of that. And I think during during that time, you know, I always say, I've always tried to identify, like have my own identity as a military spouse. And I've struggled with that for so long. And I feel as though now I'm like coming up with to terms and like grasp that I'm like, okay, I'm a military spouse. I need to use my platform or like my experience and help others who have just joined or experiencing hardship. So yeah, I think it's still a process. It's, it's hard being a military spouse and being a mom and doing all this without family. It's like, I don't even know how people do it all the time. You just, I think the key is having a good support system, you know, That's yeah. like the end of the day. Right. Because you are on your own and you're moving to so many different places all around the country and sometimes even all around the world. And you don't have your, you know, family back home. You don't have grandparents, you know, right next door, or right up the street that you can yeah. say, hey, I need a babysitter. There were oh, so many gosh, times yeah. where my mom, like we would just meet somebody um, when we lived in Texas and it was week or two weeks, month later. And my mom's like, Hey, can you watch the girls for a weekend? Because we're going out of town. Yeah, and so that we're trust, Texas, we're San Antonio. Texas. Okay. I see. That's where we're yes. at right now. We lived love at it. Fort Sam. Okay. Oh, nice. So Very cool. I loved it there. Yeah. So many different, like amazing experiences and so Taco nice. Cabana, Rudy, yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah. We, well, we came from Fort Carson and they had Rudy's there. So, and we lived in, we had El Paso, when we lived in El Paso, they had Taco Cabana. So right when we pulled in, I was like, okay, here we go. You feel (laughs) right at home. It's so good. Um, But no, I think you're right. I think it's like, I can't even imagine with your mom, like finding a last minute babysitter or like finding somebody you trust is like the key. So yeah, I don't know how she did that. You build that trust, especially within the military community, pretty instantly. Whereas, you know, when we moved to Florida and we were in more civilian aspects, like we would fly in people like from the military community to be babysitters because, you know, wild. yeah, Yeah. you don't you don't have that trust with, you know, the civilian community as much as you do the military community. It's so different. It's so different. It really is. So no, that's so great. Well, when I just want to say um, before we even like jump into everything, thank yeah. you for having me. But also I, I think it's so amazing. We briefly chatted about this, but 
that you have had so many people on your podcast. Like, I think you have a, over a hundred, right? I do. I Easily. have lost count. At, I didn't even realize when I hit 100. It was <laughs> insane because it just keeps going. I know. No, I was so impressed. And we talked about it before that we started recording, but that you actually take the time to follow up with people, do your research, all of this. So I was, I'm super impressed by you. So Aww. I was like, it's fantastic that you're doing this and just giving people a voice and kind of recognizing them too. So. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Cause I mean, as a military child, like we didn't really have much of a voice, much of a platform. There's not people who like seek out our stories. And so having that space for them. And then I briefly dated a service member. And so having that experience, it's like, oh, this is, I've seen the life of a military spouse from the child's eyes. But then when you step into that role uh, of a significant other, of a girlfriend and of a fiance, it's, yeah, it's this whole nother world out there. And I'm like, now I want to be a military spouse. Like, yeah. It's 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 such a daring life, but it is, yeah. so rewarding at the same time from both the child and the spouse's perspectives. Yeah. Do you feel like when you started dating this person, were you, not that you didn't have like any respect for your mom before, but did you kind of like understand more what your mom was going through? Like you oh, could kind for of sure. That. Yeah. I, crazy? yeah. The respect that I have for military spouses, I mean, it was there before because, you know, I was seeing it firsthand and I saw it. um, My dad was wounded in Afghanistan. So seeing it from the caregiver aspect, like I had so much respect for it. But then, you know, being in a relationship myself, a military relationship, and you get, it was all long distance, like all long distance. And so you have that that added respect and the first couple months were Japan. So oh, yeah. Oh, and the time difference and mm-hmm. everything. Mm. So then that much added, you know, that added hardship onto it. The respect just, you know, grows there. Yeah. So now I'm like, I want to be a military spouse. Like, you know, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't have one. that decision fully myself, but right. <laughs> um, it would be an honor. Um, and so I just, that's like when I expanded the podcast to include spouses, because I was like, I know that you guys go through a lot too. And, you know, children never got recognized, like barely, they're finally somewhat starting to, and that's because other military kids are stepping up and saying something about it. Um, but spouses didn't really get recognized either. They were just starting to get recognized a lot when I started this. And so I've loved adding the spouses on and being able to hear what it's like being a spouse, like, you know, firsthand and directly from other spouses. Right. I know it's so wild. The military and I think just the world is like evolving and it's just so amazing just being a part of it and just crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, there are so many, it's such a crazy world out there, but there are so many positive things out there that it's, it's insane. And I don't want them to be hidden (laughs) because there's so much negative in the world too, um, that it can really, you know, put a cloud over those positive things. 
No, I think it's good because in your podcast too, you're recognizing, like I have girlfriends, one of my closest friends who are active duty or who are spouses are active duty. You know, they're nurses. Some of them are stay-at-home moms right now. And like this season of their life, they had to kind of give up their career to raise their children. And, you know, some of them are writers. It's like you you meet so many unique people being on this side where I'm like, you know, you need to like get out there. You need to like have a voice and like, help other people. And I think a lot of them are just kind of hidden behind their husband's life and their career right now. So I'm just like, you need, this is like your one time, just do it. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's just wild. So I'm always encouraging my friends. I'm like, just take that next step. You know, you're not going to regret it. I promise. And, you know, my mom and I, we started a podcast, uh, Mother's Purpose, and we just started, we just launched it the other day. And you probably know how it is when you're releasing something into the world, you're like, what are people going to say about us? You know, I mean, we don't know a lot about mental health yet, but we're like on the cusp of learning more about it. But just having people judge you, that is yeah. terrifying. It's terrifying. So it is. Yes. You never know what other people are going to say. And you, get this idea of a project and it's like it becomes a passion project like the podcast is a passion project of mine um you may have seen it on the instagram a couple times but the bigs and littles program that i'm starting Mm -hmm. that's another passion project of mine and so like i've been fortunate to have positive reactions to it so good but like there was a time where i had a negative reaction to the podcast really and it was like the worst like I almost stopped podcasting and it was not even a year after I started so it was Was it just negative feedback that people were giving you or just like a comment or it was like it was one of my previous employers I was like this is a lot of your time like I didn't listen to your podcast about that one yes so that is it's hard when you have that negativity and it's like how do you combat that how do you Um, you know, take that and in a sense, use that negativity to your advantage and be like, no, like this is, this is important. This is what is needed. You might not understand it because you're not in a military family or, you know, whatever situation and topic that your project is surrounded on, but you might not understand it, but there are other people that it's like, you always think of a negative comment and it outweighs the positive like 100 so comments true. that you have, but it I really has that. to be the other way around. A hundred percent. That's what I was telling my mom. Um, I was like, you know, we got to just flush out like if we hear anything negative, which I don't think we would, but whatever. If we did, I was like, we just got to like flush it out, not even think about it. And just think one of my really, um, my husband's sister. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I feel like we're like jumping around, but (laughs) this is what it's about. (laughs) Um, my husband's sister, uh, she lives in Colorado and she called me, I think it was yesterday when we released it. And she was like, Hey, I just want you to know, I'm so proud of you. And even if this podcast touches one person, like, you know, you've done your job. And I was like, that is, you know, her taking the time out of her day just to call me was like everything. And I was like, thank you so much for saying that. So I don't know. So it's like, you always have to just think of all these things, even like with your podcast, you know, I re- I saw your, um, at like a marketing ad on it. And I was like, wow, you reached me. So I'm like, you could, you're reaching so many people on this platform. It's amazing. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I know it's crazy and so unexpected that it's just 
it's a whirlwind sometimes. <laughs> it is. No, it really is. So no, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. So kind of tell me what it's like, you know, being part of this community and trying to, you know, fit in, but also stick out and be who mm-hmm. you are and everything at the same time. Oh my gosh. Um, let's see. I think being a part of this community is um fantastic. So I think being a part of this community, it it changes. Like people always say, and I always thought when people said this was so corny, there are different seasons in your life. And I was always like, what do they mean by that seasons? But it's so true, you know. When we were first married, it was all about trying to figure out what we're part of the army. So I'm like, okay, the army acronyms, all of this. I'm like, what do they stand for? It's just crazy. What's a platoon? What's a brigade? It's like just trying to fit in, trying to figure out your place when you first are a part of this. Right. And then, you know, once you kind of have that figured out and then you're thinking, how am I going to fit my career? You know, I finished my bachelor's while we were still like enlisted side. And then I finally finished my master's degree. And I'm like, how, how does that kind of play into? So it's like every different season. It's so true. I've, I've changed my outlook on, you know, military life and, you know, our marriage has changed so much, you know, with him being gone all the time and having a son, you know, it's just, I, you know, I started thinking like, I thought I knew what we were doing. And then it's like you PCS and it like flips it again. You're like, wait, here we are starting all over. So it's just a constant whirlwind. That would be like the best answer is just being a part of this community. It's great. It's sad. It's hard. It's rewarding. So it's just like ups and these ups and downs. It's so hard. It really is. So yeah. Uh, and, and I'm sure like being a part like a military child too. Like I'm always thinking my son, cause he's four. I'm like, he doesn't, I don't know, like when he starts remembering things, but I'm like, I wonder what he's going to remember with us moving so many times. What's that going to be like for him? Yeah. Because you've experienced it, you know? It's so different, you know, because kids don't get to choose this lifestyle. You know, know, service members choose it. Spouses, you know, in a good sense, choose it. Um, I always hear, and it's sad to say it this way, but like, if you're done with it, you have a way out. Yeah, and so kids, it's like we, we're stuck, you know? know? We yeah. don't have, we didn't choose this lifestyle. We didn't ask for it, but here we are. And, you know, you have the people who love it and who thrive on it and who, you know, wouldn't trade the world for it. And those people who hate it and hate every second yeah. of it. And then you have so the people true. who it's like a roller coaster. And for me, it was like a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. My dad was Army Reserve. Okay. And he took a seven-year break in service. So most of my like from about probably like two to nine was break in service. Wow. And so I grew up with my dad always being around. And then he was gone and then he got hurt and we moved to Texas. And so that was like my military years and we were there for three years. And then we moved to Florida when he retired. So it was like this kind of back and forth, like all kinds of like civilian to military to civilian to military. And I will always be a military child. Like I will say that till the day I die, right. yeah. Um, even though my dad's retired and, you know, all of that. But I still always, you know, I'm proud of no. it. Um, no. But I hated 
Texas when we first moved there. I was like, when are we going back home? Like, when are we going back to Ohio? And then I loved Texas and I got used to it. And then we moved to Florida and it took three years for me to even consider loving Florida. I was like, I hate it here. Like, this is the worst. I want to go back to Texas. I want to go back to Ohio. I want to go back to anywhere else besides here. Um, And so it was that like, you know, roller coaster of emotions of, of being in a new place. And I hear it from other kids who are like, okay, well, how do I get on the next plane out? (laughs) Like, how do I go back to where I came from? How do I find a way to stay with my friends instead of having to move and make new friends? And it's something that every single person of a military family faces, spouse, service member, or child. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I feel like, so my son, he just turned four and we moved to San Antonio. It was in April. Mm -hmm. And he said, he always says to me, mom, I miss our Colorado home. And I was like, I know I miss it too. And I was like, but you know, you have more space here. And he's like, yeah, but I just miss it. I miss my friends. And that always like cuts me. I'm like, I know. I was like, I miss my friends too. But I just like at his age, I'm like always trying to reassure him like, hey, you're going to meet new friends. You know, it's like so heartbreaking. Cause I'm like, this is like his first big like change, but I'm like, I just hope he adapts. So it's like my biggest like goal for him. is just like, he adapts. Okay. Cause he is such a shy kid. I mean, he'll hide when he meets somebody, he like hides behind me. Cause he's so nervous and he's always like putting his fingers in his mouth. I was like, okay, let's not do that. I was like, you can talk to them or, you know, whatever you want to do. But I'm just afraid, like if Luke retires at the the path he's on, Leo will be 10 when we get out. So I'm like, hopefully his personality doesn't change a lot. And I don't know. It's just, it's unique seeing the side of him. Cause I'm like, he was so outgoing in Colorado and then moved here. He's like a shell. He's so quiet. So yeah, it's so hard. It's hard to see it. It takes a bit, especially you know, at his age where he's not necessarily going to school and being forced, you know, into environments where he's alone and has to make friends. And, you know, there are introverts and there are extroverts. The extroverts thrive in this lifestyle. Oh, I know. Um, So true. That was me. I was always in, you know, my classes making friends when I was in sixth grade. You know, it's it was it's a small school. You know, Robert G. Cole is on the same campus of middle school and high school. And so it is tiny. And so it was crazy having that small of a school, but I thought it was normal at the time. And it's not. Um, (laughs) But I knew like the whole sixth grade class. Yeah. I would walk down the hallways and be like, oh, hey, like, you know, hey, so-and-so, like, how's it going? And hey, and hey, and I knew everyone. But then, you know, there are people who don't want to be that way. They don't want to know everyone. They don't don't care to know everyone. And that's okay, too. Um, But it's also hard then, you know, if you're introverted, it's easy to kind of pick up and move and pick up and move and pick up and move because you're not – necessarily out there making all of these friends and meeting all of these people who it's like, all right, well, I don't want to leave you. But then extroverts, it's hard, you know, because you make all of these friends and then you don't want to leave them. But then also kind of the reverse of introverts may find one or two really good friends and that's hard to leave those. And then extroverts, it's like, 
you know, going out and making new friends. I mean, it does get exhausting at times, but, you know, you kind of look for the possibilities of making new friends, but then it's still hard leaving your friends behind. Yeah. So true. So true. True. I was thinking when we were, we lived in Germany for four years in Vilsack yeah. and there were people who lived on post and there were people who lived off post. So you could kind of, it depended on your rank, of course. But when we got there, we had the opportunity to live off post and we lived in this German community and it was like, we immersed ourselves. I, I thought I was such an extrovert but it's like, you really change over time. So I was like very reserved, you know, meeting people. And then I would like kind of come out of my shell. It was so bizarre. I've I've learned (laughs) a lot, but, but about people living over there, um, there were some people who didn't even leave the base at all. Like they were so nervous. Cause I mean, everything is there, you know, you have your commissary, your PX, you really don't need to leave if you didn't want to. But Yeah. yeah, there was like this couple I met, they never left for the two years they were there. They were like, we're fine. We're content here. I was like, we live in Germany. Like you need to get out. But it just, that was just who they were. They were just more of like introverts. They just, they liked things the way they were and they didn't need anything outside of it. So it's just, it's such a unique, it's kind of, I always think with the military, it is what you make of it. Like for us living over there, I was like, we didn't have our son at that time. So I was like, let's travel. Let's do as much as we can. And everything was so cheap. And that was before COVID. So I was like, let's just get crazy over here. And then when we were getting ready to leave, I was like, oh man, I'm going to miss this so much. Oh, miss it so much. So, so coming back here has been, it's been interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, that's so wild to hear that there are people who don't leave that, that kind of, um, that safety net that you have of the base over there, because everyone I talk to seems to be like, all right, well, let's go explore. They have that mindset of, you know, we're only here for so long. Like, let's make the most of it and let's explore and let's, you know, go see a castle every day. Let's hop on a train and go to another country because it's so easy to do that. So easy. Flights are cheap between the different countries. It's not like you have to pay a thousand dollars to get, you know, from one country to another like you do here. So it's, it's really an experience that, uh, from the, so many people I've, like met and had the opportunity to talk to who have lived over there it's like let's let's just make the most of it and travel and you know let's take our senior pictures at a castle I know (laughs) it's so yeah I remember when we got off our the bus in Ramstein Mm -hmm. um we met this couple on the bus she's like my best friend today but I we somehow ended up at the same hotel in Grafenvier and I Facebook stalked her which I was like oh my gosh I'm such a creep but I (laughs) knew she was so fun so I Facebook stalked her and she had a dog we had a dog so I would like catch her walking her dog. So I was like, oh my God, this is like creep status. But I was like, I need to be friends with her. Cause I, oh, I, her and I, when we did chat, she was like so adventurous. She always like talked about the things they wanted to do. So I Facebook stalked her and I was like, hey, I'm just throwing this out there. I was like, we're going to be friends. Like, let's go travel together. And the next day we went to like our first German town and 
from like that day we've like she she lives um in Tennessee now but we're constantly talking but that's like you kind of have to do that as like you know as a spouse if you're not working or anything like that you have to like meet other people and kind of build that connection so but I was like this is like creep status for sure (laughs) it paid off in the end for sure yeah and I mean you mentioned working it's so hard to to find I mean find jobs nowadays is hard but then being a military spouse it's even harder to find jobs because the the workforce is just constantly going and there are so many employers that are like oh you're a military spouse you're gonna be moving in in x amount of years like we don't want to hire you because of that and so it's so hard to to keep up with that lifestyle and I mean you mentioned you had a master's degree like that's that's huge that's yeah you know that doesn't even matter though like nowadays it's just like like when I was I ended up getting my bachelor's when I had my son because I waited because as a military spouse I was like I'll find something but then I waited and waited and finally I was like okay, I need to get my bachelor's because everybody was like, it doesn't matter what you have your bachelor's in. We just need a bachelor's. And I was like, I could gain more experience in the workforce than I would in college. So I'm like, it's so silly. Everything's like backwards, but I'm like, it's so crazy. But it's hard though. I will say when we moved to Colorado, I worked for the University of Maryland Global Campus, and that's where I got my bachelor's and my master's because they were paying for a lot of it for working for them. So that was like a big perk. And then once I left that, every if I had like some sort of gap in my resume, I remember an employer being like, oh, so you've only worked here for like a year and a half. What's up with that? And I'm like, well... You know, I found a job and then we ended up moving or, you know, I I was going to school or something like that. So it's like you're constantly having to explain yourself and it's so exhausting. So I'm like, I promise I'm a good worker. Like I will be here on time. You know, I will get along with everybody, but just like give me a chance. And sometimes it's just they just don't see that. So yeah. So, so we're constantly having to like volunteer places or do something to put that into our resume. So we're not like lacking that gap. That's what's so hard. Yeah. So, and, yeah. you know, degrees mean a lot. Um, I am in grad school. And <laughs> Congratulations. What are you doing? What are you getting your degree in? So my bachelor's is in health science with a minor okay. in marketing. Awesome. Um, I decided too late in my degree that I liked marketing more. So yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, but then my master's in mark is in marketing with a concentration in digital and social media. Oh, that's so, so perfect. It's so much fun and it's a lot of work, but it's like, come on, like you know, that, know. like that journey and you know, having a degree means a lot, but then experience means a lot too. And I learned that yeah. a lot with my bachelor's being in health science. And I've had people say, "You well, you don't have a bachelor's in marketing. Like, why would we hire you? I'm like, yeah. I have experience in it. Like, doesn't that mean? I know. Like, because to me, experience means everything. Same here. You know, 100%. education is important. Education is great. But then experience on top of that, like, you have to have experience to be able to go somewhere in this world. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Well, so what were you going to do with the health science bachelor's? What was like your ultimate goal? So for that, I wanted to be an athletic trainer okay, and, yeah. and a sports medicine physician, and I wanted to work for the WWE. 
Oh my that gosh, was I Michael. love that. <laughs> that's awesome. that Growing was my up, dream. that's all we watched, WWE or oh, WWF. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, so yes. fun. So I, that's what I wanted to do. And I was like, this is, you know, my set. And then I was so far ahead. I had dual enrollment credits coming in from high school. And so Amazing. I was about two years and I took full-time. I was always five classes. I always took summer classes full-time. So I was like quite ahead in my degree yeah. um, where I could have graduated like two years early. And I was like, I do not want to. Like I want to, you know, kind of live this out. I was a 2020 graduate from mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. So I my college experience was like washed away by COVID to begin with. No, I always but, find that so sad. So sad. Yeah, it was it was insane. And so like I was like, I want to stay. Like I don't want to rush this. And yeah. then I my advisor was like, add a minor on. And I was like, okay, do I minor in marketing or journalism? And I talked to so many different people and I settled on marketing. And then that semester I kind of like started to like marketing more and Mm -hmm. less of the health stuff. That was like my first semester of health science classes. And I was like, this is not for me. Yeah, I love anatomy and physiology, but the rest I'm like, (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Um, And then it didn't work out, but I started dating my service member and it was like, all right, well, I can't be a military spouse and be, you know, a doctor or an athletic trainer because that's you know, that's rough as it is. You have to relicense everywhere you live. And yeah, I didn't so want to deal with that headache. Um, and I loved marketing. I loved yeah. marketing more. And so I just have continued on that path and, you know, it's paid off. So. Yeah. It's so <laughs> marketing fun. is great and it's fun and I love it and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but my master's is in, in some marketing and I want to also get a master's in journalism, but uh, I started it and I put it on pause. We'll see how far it goes. <laughs> I know. It's, I got my bachelor's in marketing and then okay. my master's in business administration. But I was yep. touring because I was like, I love, I really love marketing so much. It's such a good degree. And it's good to have. You could, I mean, you can work remote during marketing, you know, yeah. whereas some a lot of jobs you have to be like in person. So no, yeah. I, I love everything about marketing. I was like, if somebody just wants to hire me to like start up their business. Like, I would love that. So, oh, yeah. And there are so many like entrepreneurs out there who have created their own little marketing firms and stuff. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this. And I've, you know, doing a contracting job, doing social media. And so there's so many opportunities for that out there. It's just hard to get your foot in the door (laughs) and get yourself started. Yeah, no, I agree. I the other day I feel like you had somebody who was doing bookkeeping. That's like yes. what she's doing. I was like, she is. I looked at her Instagram page and I was like, she is so good at marketing herself. Like her page looks amazing. I mean, I'm like, what a great contractor, like a position yeah. like that for her to do. I was like, that's fantastic. So people like that who are spouses and they're doing stuff like this, I was like, amazing. This is amazing. You know, they're not just like following their spouse's career. Like they're making a name for themselves and stepping out of the box. And it's, it's like so exciting to see it really is. Yeah. And speaking of you are an author. So yeah. (laughs) yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So 
Um, another thing, like me putting my workout to the world, nerve wracking. Cause it's so scary. So scary. Um, so Luke was deployed last year to Syria and he was gone for nine months. And during that time, I just accepted a new position where my current job where I'm working. So I work at a law firm in Colorado Springs and um, I'm doing like their operations manager. So I'm running their whole show over there but doing it remote now. But <laughs> at the time I was, um, I just started. So I kept thinking, okay, how am I going to balance Leo by myself with Luke gone? Luckily we found a really good daycare for Leo. So he was fine. So during that time, it was hard for me to do things with Leo. Like I kept thinking, okay, what are we going to do to stay busy? That was like my biggest thing. What are we going to do to stay busy? Cause I, I can't sit at home screen time. I just, as much as like, it's nice to have a screen, like a tablet for him, but I'm like, we can't like rely on that. So I kept coming up with these things in my head. It would be like, go to the library, you know, make food at home, um, go on different adventures, like the botanical garden up in Denver. I feel like we lived up there. The zoo, (laughs) we were constantly at the zoo. I mean, all these things. So during that time, it really, I came up with this idea of creating a book and writing, doing the illustrations, writing all this book. And it's called When You Were Away, the Daddy Edition. And at some point, I'll probably do a mommy edition, but it's about a mother and son building a bond while their spouse is deployed and just coming up with these activities, um, just staying busy. And it kind of starts off saying like, you know, it's it looks like my son in there, but it's it's not of him, but it's of the son, you know, trying to do all of these things he would do with daddy, but if he didn't succeed at all, cause he was trying to do them on his own. And then I stepped in or like the mom would step in saying, you know what, how about I do these things with you, but let's do it kind of a little bit our own way. So doing, going to the library, going to story time, making our own pizza. Cause that's like our Friday night tradition, making our own pizza dough, everything like that. We haven't perfected like the pizza sauce yet. So we're still <laughs> buying like store-bought pizza sauce, but we'll do that at some point. But just coming up with these things that brought my son and I together, I wanted to share that with people. Cause you know, when spouses are deployed, I feel as though like they don't talk about like the at-home life a lot. It's always about missing, you know, the spouse while they're gone. And, and yes, obviously we miss Luke so much, but I just really wanted to focus on that mother daughter or that mother son bond that was built. And I just never really saw that a lot in the book. So that's kind of why I created it. It's just to show other spouses like, Hey, it's tough when you're gone, but we got this at home. You know, we're going to come up with our own traditions or our own things to stay busy. So, so yeah, I did that and I self-published on Amazon and it's been amazing. I, I feel like most of my sales right now are like family and friends, which is like fantastic. Um, but like the outpour from the support is, I'm not kidding. It makes me feel so good that I did that because I was questioning it. I was like, am I worthy enough to do this? Like, are people going to think I'm weird for, you know, doing this? And finally I was like, why do I even care? Like, who cares? Like, let's just do it and see what happens. So I'm really happy I did it. Really, yeah, truly. That's so. incredible. And it's back to the kind of what we talked about earlier of like getting it all, all the negative out of the way. And you yeah. have to, you have to take that first step and, the thing that I've always kept reminding myself, especially with like trying to get other guests on the podcast and things like that, like the worst thing that's going to happen is somebody tells you no. 
Exactly. You know? And so yeah. like if you can not be scared of the word no, yeah. literally two letters, yeah. um, then you can be so successful with any little project or hobby or whatever you're trying to start. You're going to be so successful with that because yeah. you've already conquered that fear and kind of reversed you know, that, that anxiety of, well, what if somebody doesn't like it? You know? So true. Yeah. And it's so crazy. After I released it, I had so many people reaching out to me. They were like, you know, I really want to do this. How can I do this? What are like, I've always wanted to write a children's book or this other book. Like what made you give you the courage to do it? And I was like, same thing. It's like, you know, putting that out into the universe. I mean, it couldn't, some people may read it and love the book and think it's so cute. And there's like inside the book, there's um lizards that I hid. So yes. like kids have to find the little lizards. And I was like, if people, if it they love it, they'll love it. And if they don't, if it's not their cup of tea, that's okay too. But you know, that was like another hard thing is the book is kind of catered to a lot of military. And I was trying to not have it so, um, but it's just, that's our life. I know we know what it's like with Luke being away. Leo knows what it's like. And I have some friends where their spouse travels, but not for nine months at a time. So right. which is crazy to say out loud. Like I'll tell my family members, I'm like, yeah, Luke's gonna, he's going to be gone. And they're like, oh my gosh, like how, how are you going to survive? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's like, we just survive, right? You just do yeah. It. You just, you don't have another option in those mm-hmm. situations. So it's just like you carry on and figure out how to do it all and balance it all and yeah. live your life. Like nothing's changed. I know. Civilians must think we're like completely crazy. Just the oh, lives we live. <laughs> for sure. Cause let me tell you, I don't know. How, because yeah. it's, it's literally living on survival mode sometimes. It is, yeah. And so you don't know what's coming next. You don't know where your spouse is going. You don't know where, when your yeah. spouse is coming home, you know, things change on the drop of a dime. So it's yeah. just rolling with the punches and going with whatever life hands you and going with the flow. Yeah. Nope. It's so true. You kind of, with this life, I feel like you have to be very open and not be like, for me, I was always wanting to plan everything. Like I was like, okay, we're going to do this and this. And then I just realized that this plan is not going to work out and I need to accept that. And my husband has like, he always like reassures me every single time. He's like, I know it's not going according to plan, but your plan will come into effect at one point. And I was like, I know, but it's just, it's hard. It really is. So I think finding like that good partner who like balances you is like what everybody needs. Because if you're both like a planner, it's like, that's probably not going to work out as best. So with Luke, he's like, more relaxed. I can be uptight at times. And he's like, oh, come down, come down to this level. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so hard. hard. It's mm-hmm. so hard for type A people living the military life where you oh just want to plan everything, know the yeah. future. Uh, life in general for type A yeah. people can be really hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nothing's predictable, yeah, um, especially so in the military life. Especially. No, I agree. Yeah, it's wild. So 
But yeah. yeah, So, so yeah, that I think, uh, the book has been great so far. And then my mom and I, unfortunately we lost my brother. So we're from Illinois. Um, and my brother passed away last year in June. Mm -hmm. He was, um, 31. So it was very young and he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, um, when he was 25. So for six years, he was like struggling with this disease And he went off to college and I think that's when it really came out is like this disease of where he was like, we were living over in Germany when we experienced this, but he like, you could just see his personality change. So, um, after we lost him, my mom and I were like, mainly my mom, she was like, I really want to start a podcast to talk to people about resources within our community. And it doesn't have to be like Illinois, like here in Texas, you know, we, I've interviewed some people too about our, with our podcast on not just specifically schizophrenia or bipolar, but with mental health in general, like what are our resources? Because when we found out with Adam, when he was diagnosed, schizophrenia is so scary. Like those words, you're like, what does this mean? You know, and he was the type of kid who did not want to take any medication. He was very just like, I'm going to solve my own issues and it's going to be fine. But we kind of like felt like the wrath of it, like his personality, his temper, his mood. So it kind of like put a wedge in our family for such a long time. Cause I just, you know, I'd see my parents doing everything for him and then he would just be kind of not like not the nicest kid. So it was like so hard on our family. So he ended up getting into a car accident last June um, because I think he was off his meds and he just wasn't himself and just drove crazy. And luckily nobody else, I always think like nobody else was injured, but he ended up passing away like immediately. And from there, yeah, we've just, we've grieved so much and we've learned so much about mental health and just, you know, it's, I think it's just finding like the resources, the support system. And I just felt like yeah, it was really hard for us to find that. So are now our mission and, and we don't know how, where this is going to go, but I'm hoping, you know, we can talk to some people, um, just about resources that parents, when they first find out or friends, when they first find out that their family member or friend has a de- like an illness, they can go f- seek these resources to find out what's our next step. How can we talk to them? So it's, it's been interesting. It's so emotional because, yeah. you know, in our first episode, we're going to release it next week. My mom is still like, we're still grieving a lot, but she ultimately is grieving so much. And I always think I can't imagine losing a son. Like I really can't, it's just, or even anybody, um, that close to you. So she's, I always keep telling her, I was like, are you ready for this? Are you really ready for this? She's like, yeah, this is like my purpose right now. It really is as a mother. This is like what I need in my life. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So yeah, it's it, our first episode is very sad, but I think it's like what we needed for both of us to kind of talk about it. So, but, right. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about your brother. That's oh, very yeah, unfortunate. Um, yeah. But it's taking, you know, what you're given and making the, me- the most out of it. Yeah, and I think so. Sharing, you know, your experiences, your stories. That's, you know, one thing I love about yeah. doing this is being able to tell people like you're not alone. Yeah. There are other people going out uh, or going through the same things that you're going through. Maybe a little yeah. different, but the same things you're going through. You are not the only one on this earth, you know, struggling yeah. with whatever it is. 
Yeah, it's so true. I think, and you know, mental health now people are talking about it more, which is really great. Oh my gosh. And I have friends, um, they just had a baby. So they'll, I think they have like the baby blues. I don't think it's like postpartum or who knows really what it borders, but I'm like, you know, checking in with them so much more like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, just cause I know what it is as like a first time mom. I was like, I was all in my thoughts. So I was like, hopefully even hopefully at one point on our podcast, we'll have somebody um, with postpartum or something like that. And they can kind of talk more about what that is like and getting those resources to help mom, new moms specifically. So, but yeah, it's, oh my gosh, once you dive into like the emotions, you're like, it's just seeing everybody who struggled with this and you didn't know is that's, what's really hard. So. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Life is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is how it goes. Um, But where can listeners, you know, listen to your podcast and find your book at? Yep. So um, I, everything right now I have it just on Instagram. Um, So on my book, you can probably follow my personal page, which is Z, Z Z-E-E, Wig, W-I-G. That's on Instagram. And then our podcast is at Mother's Purpose. And we're on Spotify right now. So yeah, we're going to release our first episode next week. We just released the trailer. So yeah, it's going to be fun. My mom is like such a giggler. So you'll hear her <laughs> giggling. I'm like, mom, like in the video, I'm like, <laughs> it's like so funny. Oh my goodness. But, yes, yes. I love that. And the last thing I want to ask you is yeah. what advice would you give to another military spouse? Oh, um, I think we've talked about this, but being open um, to change and then just, I always say, give yourself grace, like a hundred percent, like no matter what you're going through in life, like this is temporary, like a hundred percent. I know that now. And you just have to give yourself grace with whatever you're going through, because if this is like a really hard time in your life, you just, you know, you're going to get through it. Like you see that the end light at the end of the tunnel, you know, it's going to get better, but just getting to the end of the end of it, just be open to new opportunities and just kind of be open to meeting new people. That's like the biggest thing I've learned being in the military uh, as a spouse, just meeting new people. You know, there's like so many people, unexpected friends that I have met and they're like my lifelong friends now. And even one of them lives in Italy and I'll chat with her maybe once a month. But when I connect with her, it's so meaningful. It really is because I'm like, Hey, I have missed you. I, this is what I want to tell you. And we'll spend like an hour just talking about life. And you know what? She's not counting score, keeping score. Like, Oh, I can't believe you even called me every day. It's just finding those meaningful friends, um, is what everybody needs. So yeah, I think just giving yourself grace, be open to opportunities and no matter life is going to work out. It really does. And you just got to be open to it. So That's what I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I love that. And thank you again so much, Lindsay, for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed getting to chat with you. So fun meeting you, honestly. (laughs) I'm like so happy with what you're doing, honestly. I think you're you're giving spouses a voice and even children, like military children, a voice. And I just, I love that so much. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Grease of a Military Child and Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like, follow, and comment. Also, be sure to check out Instagram and Facebook at Grace of a Military Child and Life for more awesome content. 
For information on the podcast, Military Child Bigs and Littles, GoAMCL blog, or other resources, visit www.goamcl.org. You can also email me at Gracie, that's G-R-A-C-I-E at G-O-A-M-C-L dot org with any questions or comments. To be a guest on the podcast, you can schedule it at www.goamcl.org forward slash schedule a podcast, all one word, or contact me via social media or email. Stay tuned for the next episode where another incredible story is shared.